So, Dale, I don't know how much you know about therapy, but it usually starts by you telling me a little something about yourself. I thought there'd be couches and Kleenex and shit. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. Do you want to talk about some of those feelings? I love you. Obviously, you don't know me. So how is this supposed to work? You sit, I sit, we talk. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam. And I'm Dr. Fran. Welcome to Freudian Scripts. The podcast where we put your favorite TV shows and movies on the hypothetical couch to take a deeper dive into the way psychology is portrayed. We analyze the way therapy looks in entertainment, discuss the way psychological diagnoses are portrayed, and break down other psychological themes seen on our screens. As a reminder, Freudian Scripts is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your mental health professional with any questions and seek care if needed. The content and clips in today's episode will contain explicit language and mature and adult and scary themes. <laughs> yes, we're back today with a new, I think exciting, Fran thinks terrifying mini session to kick off our spooky session series. This is my least favorite time of year. I know a lot of people love October because it's spooky and it's fall. I don't like it because you get all those little Facebook or like social media posts that are jump scares. And everything I click on, I'm worried is going to be one of those jump scare things to trick you for the spooky season of Halloween. (laughs) Dr. Fran was noticeably just distressed even before beginning this session. (laughs) She does not, as you all know, like scary movies. I am the opposite. I do love October I love everything spooky, so I think that it will be interesting to get both of our perspectives today as we cover this topic. And so to launch our spooky session series, we want to start off by explaining and getting a better understanding of scary movies, what they are, why people love them, before we really dive into covering other creepy movies this month. Yes, and this is a topic I would really love to learn more about because I don't understand why people like scary movies. But now I do, because we will tell you today. Yes, and today is a real round, so we're going to be rounding on horror films and why we love them. So these many sessions, as a reminder, may not have as many details or be as great of a deep dive. We won't be covering one specific movie or one specific area, Um, so we will just be doing a general overview of scary movies, what makes us interested in them, what is the psychology behind watching horror films. Yes, and you already heard Dr. Fran and mine opinion, so what about you? Do you like scary movies? Hello? Why don't you want to talk to me? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. (laughs) I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Uh Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters? Yeah. What's yours? Guess. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that the one where the guy had knives for fingers? Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Freddy, that's right. I like that movie. It was scary. Well, well, the first one was, but the rest sucked. So, you got a boyfriend? (laughs) Why, you want to ask me out on a date? Maybe. Do you have a boyfriend? Mm, No. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. What did you say? So that clip 
for those of you that don't recognize it, is from Scream. You know, it's a semi-modern horror film that's also a commentary about the horror genre. It's, you know, kind of a classic, I think a really good example of just a horror movie. Um, and Dr. Fran, how did you feel about that <laughs> that small clip there from it? Well, I think it's interesting to think of it as a commentary on the genre because you hear those kind of like typical tropes of like, oh, like babysitters and people watching them yeah. through the window, like are her favorite horror films. And that's kind of a play on what is actually happening in this scene. Um, I think the thing I'm taken aback by is one, like, why are you continuing to talk to this creepy <laughs> man yeah. on the phone that you don't know who's asking you very personal questions? Like, that's just like, you hear someone on the phone that you don't know, you immediately would hang up. You wouldn't be like starting to flirt with them. Yeah, I agree. You, and you hear them go through other famous movies like Nightmare on Elm Street mm -hmm. and um, like Halloween and things like that. Um, I wish you all could have seen Dr. Fran. As soon as he says, I want to know who I'm looking at, she like jumped up and made like a scared face. <laughs> I mean, I've seen this clip or I've seen this movie. So like you still, I knew that was going to happen, but it's still like <gasps> that like dun, dun, dun moment. Yes, definitely. You get that buildup, right? It seems kind of casual, seems kind of friendly, even though, you know, it's already kind of creepy and he's asking her about scary movies, but she seems relaxed. And then as soon as he asks, the creepy music starts to play. She's like looking outside the dark house. So definitely a creepy note to start on and we're talking about scream we're talking about them like reviewing some of the movies so what really makes a movie a horror film yeah so interesting facts here so the word horror it derives from the greek word meaning shudder and describes physical manifestations of like shivering shuddering hair standing up i'm like actually curling into my own body as i'm like watching these clips and like thinking about them <laughs> um, so it's interesting to think like even the word horror describes this like physical representation of how these movies make us feel yes i think that's a really interesting point we'll kind of get more into that too like and talking about what horror is talking about how that makes us feel emotionally and physically and how those two as we usually talk about really are linked um and as dr fran mentioned you know with horror films the goal really is to inspire negative emotions so it is to frighten shock horrify and disgust people um, and usually pretty successfully and they do this using several techniques you know we're not going to get into the techniques of how you make a scary movie I think that that in itself is really interesting um, but it, it they use a lot of different like visual and auditory techniques so you know things being really dark like kind of building up to a suspenseful moment the music the sounds um, you know the typical like something jumping out at you one of the things I think is really interesting is even, you know, in the podcast here, we're playing clips and you can't really see the clips, but you might still get reactions from the things that you're hearing. And in particular, there is a movie from 2014 called Babadook. And I think they do a really nice job of also just illustrating how things can be really scary without even seeing. So let's give a listen. And um, I'm really excited <laughs> to see how Dr. Fran reacts to this one. I'll be plugging my ears for this one. <laughs> She's in a dark room, by the way. It's like a door opening. All 
all right, I thought I was going to be okay during that clip at the beginning. I was like, oh, this is more your typical suspense movies, but that was a really creepy noise. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and to set the scene, a woman is in a dark room. She's like under, you know, she's in bed, and as soon as she starts to hear the door creaking open, she kind of hides under the blanket. So you're not really seeing much, but even just those scary sounds that can really elicit a feeling of dread, a physical reaction. I saw Dr. Fran. She started covering her ears. She kind of got like in a hunched position. You know, so even just these kind of sounds that we associate with negative emotions like fear um, can bring on these types of reactions. Yeah, I mean, I think sound is such an important component of these movies. And honestly, the the suspense and the sound buildup and the jump scare is what I hate most about scary movies. Um, Like, I can handle gore. I watch gory TV shows or, like, thrillers. But the suspense and the buildup of, like, something scary is going to jump out I just, I'm not a fan. (laughs) It's funny that you say that, Dr. Brand, because I'm kind of, again, I feel like we are just on different sides of the spectrum when it comes to horror. Because for me, um, I don't really become, like, I'm not afraid of, like, the things jumping out. I don't, I like the suspense, um, but I don't, like, feel too, too afraid. I mostly get caught up in things that are, like, psychologically scary in nature, like things I can't really, like, put away or stop thinking about. Um, we'll get into some of the theories about why horror is appealing to some, and I think that there's one that really applies to me. <laughs> so we can touch more on that when we get to that part. Um, but Dr. Fran, you also mentioned on some aspects of things that make a horror film, right? So often there is, like, a focus, other than just a listening these kind of negative emotions. There often is a focus on like things of a supernatural nature, abnormal mutilation, blood, gore, the infliction of pain, death, deformity, darkness, invasion, mutation, extreme instability, and really just like the fear or that feeling of something unknown. And I don't chuckle at these words. They're obviously horrific words. I chuckle more because when you describe horror in this way, you really do start to think like, why does anyone watch this? (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, those are all things that I would love to have more in my life more often, (laughs) right? definitely not. (laughs) Well, and it's not a general – it's not always the case, but often when we're looking at horror films, there is more of that supernatural element versus – we can sometimes call, like, movies more thriller. Those might be more, like, crime-based or suspense or having to do more, like, psychologically – disturbing concepts and again those for some reason don't bother me as much as the like supernatural horror (laughs) films like i don't know what it is probably i had like a really detailed imagination as a kid Mm -hmm. and so just your mind continues to play tricks on you about like the monsters that you see in these films like they're gonna show up somewhere as an adult obviously we may know that that's not the case but those things stick with you. And that's a big piece of it. Researchers in this area, they talk a lot about the monsters, you know, kind of whatever the monster may be, human or fiction. And a lot of times in the, you know, like things like vampires or um, zombies or whatever the case may be, we know these monsters aren't real, but that doesn't really stop us from being afraid of them, right? Or kind of seeking Mm -hmm. out this kind of watching these types of movies. Um, And in general, horror films tend to elicit our fear system. So this is really when we kind of kick into gear where we're more alert, our heart rate might increase. Um, And this really comes evolutionary from our need to survive. Like, you know, way, way, way long time ago when humans were always afraid of predators. They were always having to be afraid and watch out around their surroundings so that they could survive. And while we don't have to worry as much about 
predators necessarily, there still are things in our modern times that are just as scary. And when we watch horror films, it kind of kicks in that same fear system that makes us like really hyper vigilant or really alert. We start to kind of feel it in our body. Um, and that's like what is happening biologically when we're watching these types of films. Yeah, our listeners have likely heard of like the fight or flight response yes. is kind of our way that we commonly describe that like activation of our nervous system and like increased heart rate or, you know, I think going into a scary movie or when you have jump scares, like they're naturally as going to be an increase in that system because even though it's constructed and not a natural fear response to like something that's actually dangerous in that moment, it's creating some of the same responses as it would in like a real life dangerous situation. Very true. And overall horror films, kind of interestingly, they're not always like held to be like in the same like esteem or regard as other genres of movies. So as you all might remember, when we covered The Silence of the Lambs, which was from 1992, it is the only kind of film that is categorized as like a horror film to have won um, an award for for best picture. So, and it was also, it also won the award for best actress, actor, and director. And while other films have been nominated, so movies like The Exorcist or Jaws, which we'll talk a little bit about, The Sixth Sense, Black Swan, and even uh, Get Out in 2017, these movies have been nominated. They have not won. So, you know, even though these movies may be very popular, they're not the movies that are winning awards or kind of gaining like fame in that regard. Yeah. And sometimes there can generally be a sense of horror films being kind of like a cheap, cheaper movie or not as like artsy or artistic or deep. And so sometimes horror movies in general get a bad reputation, I think, like within the cinema culture of not really being as high of quality as other genres of movies that are more typical. Yeah, which I don't think is always the case, but that's definitely, I feel like, the way they're looked at. So Dr. Sam alluded to this earlier. There actually has been quite a bit of research on horror films and the impact they have on individuals, both like in the moment and longer term. Um, so there are some studies out there that have, um, you know, asked people to write about their experiences of horror films. And um, there's one in particular that looked at like three years worth of people writing about their experiences with horror films and noticed quite a few impacts of people's experiences of watching horror films. For example, they found that like about 50% had sleep difficulties after watching the movies. I definitely can relate. <laughs> I can relate to that one for sure. You like, you know, something's not real, but you start to go to sleep and you imagine the Baba Duke coming in through your door yes. and then like have trouble falling asleep. <laughs> Um, 75% reported having experienced anxiety. Um, I'm not sure if that's before, during, or, or you know, during or after but that kind of relates to what Dr. Sam was mentioning with that like fear-based response. Yes, I was going to say that makes a lot of sense with which what we were just describing, right? This kind of anticipation of the unknown, your increased heart rate. I could definitely see why people feel anxious during these movies. I feel like Dr. Fran probably feels anxious during these movies. <laughs> I thought something else interesting out of this study was the four most commonly cited causes of these experiences. And again, this study came out you know several years ago, so it may not have all the most updated films. But the ones that were highlighted here were the Poltergeist, Jaws, Blair Witch Project, and Scream. I have heard in other contexts as well that these movies are often cited as being some of the most scary or people having the most like strong reaction. Um, these, along with The Exorcist, is another one that I've heard that people have had really strong negative reaction to. Well, and it's interesting because then there are often these maybe specific anxieties that might come up in the context of having watched these movies. <laughs> I have never watched the movie Jaws because I know that I will never swim in the ocean again <laughs> if I watch that movie. Interesting you mentioned 
that because apparently when Jaws came out, they saw a significant decrease in beachgoers, they believe, related to the this movie being out and people being afraid of this humongous shark that was going to murder everyone. I'm guessing the tourism uh, industry in those places was were not happy when Jaws came out. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> So, you know, kind of given all of this, given that watching scary movies, the goal is really to elicit these negative emotions, it kicks in our fear response, Um, it can really impact us in this way, like our sleep and anxiety. So, like, why do we watch them? Why do people like to watch horror films? your choice i do not want to play a game (laughs) oh my gosh yeah when i think about why do we watch scary movies this movie kind of pops into my mind it's just such a horrific game and horrific movie (laughs) yeah this movie is one of the few scary movies i have seen parts of and it definitely traumatized me even as like a high schooler or college student whenever i saw this of the scene with the pig face man running through the parking lot and it's just so creepy why it is a creepy blend of like things that are could be more realistic and things that seem supernatural. You know, it's like this real, like, fine blend Mm -hmm. that makes it particularly creepy. But a very popular movie. Very popular. So this was one that was, like, super popular when it came out. And I think that when we are thinking about why people watch scary movies, you know, we could potentially argue that horror films often do contain intriguing or interesting stories and or characters and people, right, that can kind of draw us to the movie. But what about the horror genre specifically draws people in as well? Dr. Sam kind of alluded to this earlier in terms of why we think that there are certain theories potentially to explain why horror in particular elicits some sense of enjoyment or excitability. Um, So one theory in particular that's been around for a while is the excitation transfer theory. And this essentially argues that we derive our enjoyment from horror films from this feeling of the suspense like we've talked about. Um, This could also relate to non-horror films but has been mostly applied to the horror genre that there's an enjoyment derived from like having this negative emotion being built up this like anxiety this fear and then being exposed to that within the context of the film but then having this positive resolution a reaction that follows after the movie has resolved hopefully in a positive or like happy ending way and in that context you know exactly the suspense has ended the threat has ended and you're able to have enjoyed those like negative emotions that came along with that resolution so i think that an important aspect of this theory as you mentioned dr fran is that really we're getting that enjoyment or that excitement like some positive emotions but they're coming from the negative emotion that was built up during the exposure to the scary film the scary pieces of it and then we can kind of get that release and more positive emotion that result from the resolution of the threat being you know extinguished or vanquished however whatever the demon or monster is at play (laughs) and i think in the classic horror film story arc there typically is a resolution and usually the killer or the paranormal 
being is caught or, you know, whatever the situation might be of however you get rid of these paranormal beings. But there's some resolution and things are going to be okay after. We definitely have seen a shift in that, though, I would say. And like more recent horror, just suspense films in general of like, we're kind of tired of this same like resolution of everything tied up with a bow at the end. And a lot of times these movies are kind of leaving us feeling like unsettled or like, wait, so is the thing actually gone or is it going to come back? (laughs) Maybe because they want to make a bunch of sequels of these movies to make more money, but... Probably sequels are an important motivator. I would also guess that um, people like a twist. Like, people like the surprise. I think that's a big part of that suspense and that buildup that draws people to horror. So kind of leaving them with that, it leaves it to their imagination, and some people can potentially resolve that on their own, and others probably have some residual negative um, feelings related to that, especially when it doesn't. You don't get that payoff. You don't get that resolution. It can linger. Um, And sometimes, as we've seen, even if you do get the payoff, like in Jaws, for example, people are still really afraid to go in the water and still really afraid because it's like, well, what if there are other scary sharks? What if there are other monsters out there? Um, That's always the big question. That's the thing that still scares us. Um, I will say that I think I fall into this category. Um, I think I'm lucky because I do like a twist. And so sometimes if it leaves on hangers or kind of the unknown, I still like enjoy that aspect of it, especially for the craft. I can appreciate that. And I don't, I don't really overall tend to have like lingering fear related to movies but i do like a resolution i was telling dr fran earlier when uh before we kind of hopped on to make this uh mini session that for saw i used to stay up late at night and the previews to the saw like the trailer for saw would play over and over again and i was terrified of the trailer like the scary man the scary voice and so i knew like as soon as this movie comes out i have to go and see it so that i just know what happens so that it's not like plaguing my mind this like saw scary man um and even though the movie was terrible at least like I had some just like resolution in seeing the movie and seeing how it all played out so I didn't have to think about the saw like creepy crawly guy in my bedroom at night (laughs) and I was the opposite I saw that trailer and was like I'm never watching that film (laughs) and somehow got sucked into it but and we started off with a clip from Scream, which like, you know, classic great horror film. And so I think that this is another film, Scream 1 in particular, that does a good job of you have that suspense, like who is the killer, what's really going on, and then you also have the end payout. Let's listen. Careful. This is the moment when the supposedly dead killer comes back to life for one last scare. <laughs> Not in my movie. <laughs> Not in her movie. (laughs) I think that this movie has one of the best, like, horror film endings. I think, like I mentioned, Dr. Fran, like, how it's a commentary on the genre as a whole. So I really like how throughout they kind of talk about the archetypes in horror in the films. um, And, you know, the character there, you hear him saying, like, "Uh uh-oh, this is where the scary person comes back. (laughs) And then he pops up and they kill him. And so um, there were two killers. um, Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Scream (laughs) or any of the sequels, there were two killers. um, And at this point, both are dead. And the heroes are able to walk away um, alive. You can't say unscathed, but alive. So that's one theory is that there's this excitation and then there's also a resolution. An alternative theory, because this doesn't necessarily explain every reason why we might like scary movies. But an alternative theory is that there's an enjoyment associated with some level of unpredictability or excitement or destruction. Um, And this can sometimes be described as the gratification theory of film consumption. So again, not just for horror, but more broadly, thinking about that we seek out and enjoy material that stimulates us and gets us excited and um, kind of achieves some level of gratification. I think one film that is notorious for having done this well is the original Psycho. Let's listen to a quick scene. I think people will know what we're talking about. 
Again, I think there's a reason there's these like sound bites that we get from like Psycho. This like is such a classic commonly used, you know, sound representation of horror. We also have the one from Jaws. We also have the one from Jaws. Like there's, you know, there's clearly a connection between sound and horror films. Yes. And that is the infamous shower scene. And I think it plays to your point rather nicely, Dr. Fran, of just the unpredictability. When this scene came out, now we all know, you know, to check our showers before we get in them or look behind shower (laughs) curtains. But when this film came out, this was very unpredictable. It was a big surprise. Um, This woman is showering and the scene is rather long. Like there's a big buildup to it. And then she's attacked. So obviously horrifying. So as we kind of wrap up talking about why we like horror movies, we'll spend just a few moments kind of talking about like what leads someone to be interested in a horror film versus people like me who are not that interested in them at all. Yes. And one researcher I heard talking about kind of people that do or don't like horror films, he cited a statistic that in his study, 54% of people that he asked stated that they enjoyed horror films. 29% of people said that they did not. And then 17%, they weren't really sure. They were kind of like on the fence about whether or not they enjoyed horror. Um, And so when we kind of dive into this more deeply, we do know that there are or there can be certain traits of people um, that might be more prone to enjoying horror films. And I want to kind of preface this with this list is not all inclusive. And if you like horror films, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have these traits and vice versa. But from what we know is that some people with these traits tend to like horror films more than people without them. Yeah, absolutely. And some of these you'll actually have heard us talk about before in other episodes. So one of the most commonly studied one is being high sensation seeking. So people who are interested kind of one theory suggests that people with high sensation seeking behaviors might have lower arousal at baseline. So again, when we're talking about wanting to get that arousal up, you might be someone who enjoys going on like roller coasters or like doing things that kind of increase that arousal, like that physiological sensation. Um, and one of those ways is through horror films that naturally increase that biological fear response. Yes, and they do believe that there can be some differences in uh, men versus women, with men tending to prefer more frightening or violent visual material than women, um, and women being a little bit more prone to feeling sensitive to disgust or anxiety rather than that enjoyment from horror. Again, this is not always the case, obviously, um, but something that they have found. Um They've also found interesting connections between people with lower empathy or lower feelings of fearfulness, which makes sense that they get more enjoyment out of horror films as well. Absolutely. And we've also seen some correlation with like imagination. So people who have uh, more proclivity to engage in imaginative activity, um, actually being more interested in interacting with horror films. Which I find interesting because I consider myself to be someone who has a very active, very high imagination, which I actually think is part of why I don't like horror films because I will just extend it and keep (laughs) going with it. Um, But for a lot of people, that could be something that actually makes you more interested in the horror genre. That's funny because I'm also highly imaginative and was very imaginative as a child and I do tend to go on the other end of the spectrum. So we're a prime example of how this isn't necessarily a rule, but something to kind of keep in mind. There's other traits that have been shown to be connected hypothetically, such as like psychopathy, which we've talked about before, or like callousness, again, that can be related to the low empathy. Again, these have been, 
you know, when the, within the context of lots of different traits, things that have been correlated with having more of an interest or more of an enjoyment in horror films. But again, not everyone who enjoy, enjoys horror films like Dr. Sam has all of these <laughs> traits that we've listed. No. <laughs> and one quick note about the being like more sensation seeking. So Dr. Fran was mentioning arousal or kind of like our physiological response to certain things. And what they have found is people that are higher in sensation seeking, so kind of wanting to seek out these things that create more like physical or emotional response, they don't respond as strongly to what is known as the startle response. So you might know this, like if like you heard a loud noise behind you, you might like jump, right? Or in a scary movie, something pops out, you might jump. That's the startle response. And so they have found that people that are higher in sensation seeking tend to respond less or have less of a reactive startle response. Response, which might also show that it's almost like a protective factor and that they can watch these movies without having like less of that reaction potentially, which um, could mm-hmm. aid in enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So we've gone through all of these factors about what makes a horror movie, why do people like it or not like it. And we know that Dr. Fran does not love horror films, but Dr. Fran, do you have any like strong memories of a particular like scary movie? Do you have any favorite scary movies? <laughs> I definitely don't have any favorite scary movies. (laughs) I would say I can count the number of scary movies I've seen on like both my hands, like less than 10 scary movies. And most scary movies I've seen, I have closed my eyes the entire time. And of course, then I still have this active imagination. So I can still imagine all the scary, horrible things that are happening. I don't need to see it to still be able to imagine the bad things that are happening. And hearing it is worse. (laughs) And hearing it, exactly, as we've learned today. Um, I do have a scene that I will post for those of you who haven't seen it or who want a refresher on our website of the the scene that traumatized me as a child uh, from a Disney movie, um, a scene that involves creepy dolls, that involves um, a young child wandering off and being kidnapped by a monster um, from the one and only The Great Mouse Detective. Um, so that is a movie that traumatized me as a child and that I took the VHS tape and I stuck it on the highest shelf and I was like, I will not watch that again. And if you watch the clip now, like, of course, it's a cartoon. Yeah. It's mice. It's supposed to be funny. But you can understand how, like, for a child, that would be kind of scary. Totally unrelated. I did not know Dr. Fran was going to talk about this movie today. I was with some friends last night and we were playing a Disney-based game called Villainous. And in it, you're playing, like, the Disney villain characters. And we were talking about you know, just Disney villains and scary parts in the Disney movies. And several people that I was with mentioned this same movie and played clips from this movie and the monster, citing it as being something that was, like, so horrifying as a child. So you're not alone, Dr. Fran. This movie was, I think, scarier than intended for children. Another movie I was probably too young to watch when I saw it that really terrified me was Gremlins. I don't even know if that's considered a horror movie, but it scared me so badly. They're so creepy. But what about Gizmo? Gizmo's so cute. Yeah, they're too scary. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say I have some favorites. You know, I I tend to enjoy the genre a little bit more than Dr. Fran. I really love Scream. I think it was just like a really well-done movie. Um, And it was scary. Like, I remember watching it, you know, suspenseful and scary. Um, Saw, as I've mentioned, I think it's just, it was a good movie and scary. It was a little more gory and over the top. But I think, like, again, it just did a good job of really, like, making me feel afraid. 
I I don't know what this means about the traits that I have, but I tend to not really be frightened by scary movies, and I kind of seek that out, and I'm always, like, impressed when they can actually, like, surprise or scare me. Um, I love anything by Stephen King, so I also really enjoy The Shining. And then TV shows-wise, um, I really enjoy American Horror Story in most of the seasons, because I think they do a nice job of just, like, really creepy content and good character development. Um, so I really like that one as well. I will say, I if I was going to pick a producer, director, mm-hmm. um, I would say M. Night Shyamalan's movies, oh, which yeah. are horror-ish, but more suspense thriller, and they kind of go that fine line. Um, and I'll give a little hint that we may be covering an M. Night Shyamalan movie for our next session. <laughs> yes, we will be, in fact, for our spooky series. Um, so please tune in next time to listen to us cover the movie Sixth Sense. Well, that is our mini session for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Send us a message. Uh, follow us on social media if you have a favorite or least favorite horror movie of yours. Um, maybe we'll cover it. Maybe we'll give you a shout out on our next episode. And please always check out our website. We will have resources and glossary of new terms. We'll have some clips that we played or that Dr. Fran mentioned that you can kind of watch if you want to get a little spooked. And also, please feel free to leave reviews. If you are leaving a review on any platforms, we're still giving out stickers. So let us know on any of our social media at Freud Scripts Pod, and we can send you a sticker for your review. And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review. Hope you have a spooky October. Time's up. See you next session. We'd like to thank our producer, Brandon, creative director, Eric, and webmaster, Don. I know, God. Oh, I forgot to say X-Files. Oh, well. I love X-Files.